as an ordained minister, have you ever doubted God? Um, if so, how, how do you overcome such doubt? And if not, how, yeah. why have you been so certain of his existence and world? Yeah. Uh, well, ordained ministers don't like to acknowledge ever having doubt. <laughs> but I think everybody has some, some level of it. Uh, and, and i got to go back to, uh, there's an incident in the, in, in, in the New Testament where this uh, individual, his name is John. He's called John the Baptist, not because he was part of a Baptist church, but because he baptized people. Uh, he was John the Baptizer, I suppose. Um, he was considered to be the forerunner of Jesus, the, the guy who introduced Jesus to the world. And um, he finds himself in prison, and he later on is beheaded because he's offended uh, people in authority. Um, and while he's in prison, he sends two of the people who have been following him to see Jesus. Now, he and Jesus had an earlier um, shared experience where John baptized Jesus. And it's a beautiful scene. But he sends two of his followers to ask Jesus, are you really the one that we're looking for? Are you the one that was promised? Or do we need to be looking for someone else? And you can sense that frustration. You know, he's in prison. He's he's lost his freedom. He's probably by this point certain that he's going to lose his life, and he doesn't doubt uh, so much that God exists or uh, that God's uh, involved in the world. He's just not sure of how it's playing out and 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 what the roles really are, um, and he may be concerned that Jesus is going to be a different kind of Messiah than he's been proclaiming or, or hoping for, at least. But Jesus' response was, go back to John and tell him this. Tell him that the, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the lepers are being cleansed, the deaf are hearing, the dead are being raised, and good news is being proclaimed uh, to the people. Uh, that's, a, that's a fairly loose paraphrase. Um, so things were happening, and he wanted John to remember that even though his personal circumstances were difficult, things are happening. Now, there have been a handful of times where it seemed super critical uh, to me that a certain thing come to pass, and I would pray about that, and God, uh, fix this. And in a handful of those cases, it's as though God said no. And it wasn't so much a, a doubt that God is there, but it's like, what are you up to? What is your plan? What is your purpose in this? Am I fitting into my part of that role? Uh, that kind of doubt, uh, so I have it's experienced. Not a doubt, it's not a doubt with his existence. It's rather like a doubt with, it's just a concern as to like why he didn't act a certain way. Yeah, and I believe all of us have uh, some preconceived notion of what God ought to do and whatever circumstance. And uh, skeptics will routinely say, you know, well, if God is really good, if God is really powerful, then why are people still hungry or diseased? Or why do children suffer uh, at the hands of pedophiles? Uh, whatever evil there is that they... It, and those are serious questions, and I don't know that there is a good answer to that in, in this world except that we live in a world that really is cursed by sin and bad things are going to happen. 
but it's not really the end of the story. There is an eternity beyond this. Now, I'm not saying anybody deserves, uh, in any sense, to face some of the horrible things that have been done to people. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but God does take a long view of things, and there will be justice in the end. The books will balance. Um, there's a whole branch of, um, of study that uh, people look to called apologetics. And uh, I love apologetics. And I love studying the arguments for God's existence and um, uh, things of that nature. Um, but I don't know many people. In fact, I don't know personally anybody that's become a Christian because of, of a so-called proof of God. I think there has to exist some sense within themselves that they want to explore the option. Are you there? And I believe that for the person who will honestly pray, Lord, if, you, if you're there, please, please, please help me to, to see it, understand it, come to know it, whatever. Um, but I think that the field of apologetics and the, and the, uh, the arguments that are made probably have their greatest value in, um, in helping someone who has made a decision to come to faith, uh, to strengthen their resolve to remain in it and to walk in it. And I don't think there's anything more powerful than the presence of the Holy Spirit for keeping someone grounded in their faith and helping them through those uh, times of great difficulty or, or, or even questioning. Um, but there are some beautiful ideas out there that are being presented in, in every, um, every, uh, every age has uh, its arguments for the presence of God and for the nature of God that are extra biblical. Um, and some of these go back even to the Greeks uh, before the time of Christ. Um, but every age needs also to look at its, uh, its world and develop a contemporary argument for saying, hey, you can see God in the world that you live in. And one of the ones that uh, I enjoy the most right now is it comes from... Uh, uh, from people who look at uh, the complexity of, of, of life. Uh, each one of us is made up of 30 trillion cells. And in each one of those cells, there is this intricate machinery that is amazing. And uh, I mean, just the animations of it um, are, are, are astounding. And all that life is built on the language of DNA, four little uh, chemical types that yeah. in combination code for everything that you and I are and everything that any other living thing is. And the idea is that just like the, the computers that we're uh, speaking through, there is a programming language that tells the machinery how to operate. And DNA is that programming language and language comes from mind. Uh, it doesn't come from chance. Uh, my iPad did not assemble itself. And the first iPad didn't assemble itself. And the first cell phone didn't, you know, it didn't happen by chance. Someone designed it. And the life that I have, the life that, uh, that is part of every one of my 30 trillion cells and every tree and every plant, uh, 
every every other thing uh, is built on this language and 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 it screams out that there's a designer there's a programmer who who set all this in motion and and i know that uh the skeptics and uh, and purely naturalistic philosophers will uh will will say that if you have the chemicals and enough time it's going to happen but there's good arguments that the complexity of the life that we have is such that it would never ever self-assemble no matter how much time you allow for it um, psalm 19 tells us that uh that the heavens declare the glory of god you know we look out at the universe that, that god has made and uh it's it's bigger every time we look and every time we come up with a, a a more powerful telescope we see more and more of it and and it's all finely balanced and the forces that hold everything together are so finely tuned uh, that if any one of them were different than they are uh, stars wouldn't be possible chemistry wouldn't work life wouldn't exist so it's finally finally wonderfully tuned psalm 139 tells us to kind of look inward and reminds us that if we really consider things now we are fearfully and wonderfully made uh, there is a beauty about life and its development that's amazing i have a brand new granddaughter and uh, she's five weeks old and my daughter sent all these ultrasound pictures and uh she would she would always compare the size of this baby to whatever fruit she had well the baby's the size size of a strawberry the baby's the size of a lemon and she was she worked her way up till all of a sudden um she didn't say watermelon <laughs> uh, but all six pounds of this beautiful baby came into the world recently and uh, and she is uh uh, wonderfully made, fearfully made, and that is a gift of uh, creative and wonderful God who, who still has confidence that people can navigate this world and, and get through difficulties and, and hopefully, prayerfully come to faith in Him and be thankful to Him. Yeah, and even beyond the realm of biology, I mean, even the, even equations of physics, there's something something beautiful about them in the sense that uh for example kinematics where you have to account for different speeds and times and positions even even with that limited information you would think okay what can i really do with this information somehow the way that that natural world works is you're able to account for say differences in um movements and whatnot and to me i think i was thinking about this the other day i think that's something incredible to say about the world yeah and something that like honestly um i guess like you hear the more you study it's not possible to understand god and you hear that and like for for a while that's like almost rendered me hopeless because i'm like oh no matter what i do i won't mm -hmm. really understand him but last year i took a, a genetics course and by by like learning about i guess god it like himself and like through education you you maybe cannot understand him because it's just not possible, but you can understand how he exists. So for example, like genetics is just so in depth, like how you're saying DNA, like there is just, there's RNA, T tRNA, mRNA. There's so much that goes into it that, and it's so perfect that you almost like, that's why I can't 
commit to not believing in a God because like, how could there not be some superior being that's coded all of this because of how intricate it is. So the more you study, the more you realize like just how amazing it is. It is absolutely. And if you think about the feedback mechanisms in every cell, uh, the repair mechanisms for even when the, the, the DNA strand breaks and somehow it knows to put it back together and to put it back together correctly. And I know there's the occasional mistake and uh, they usually turn out badly for that cell anyway. Um, but there's so many uh, wonderful pieces of tiny, tiny machinery that uh, that keep things moving and keep things uh, stable and keep us going, keeps our species going. And, um, it was a great design. Uh, and as you said, uh, it bolsters our ability to, to look at a world and say there must be a God behind it. Now, um, there are two branches of, uh, of, of knowledge about God. And the ones that we're talking about with DNA and uh, fine-tuning of, of, of physical uh, parameters and uh, galaxy structure and whatnot, that's, that's called general revelation. It's, it's the sort of thing that we can look out and see. Uh, Paul references that in uh, Romans chapter one, when he says that um, that the uh, the invisible things of God are made visible in the creation. Um, but there is beyond that, because looking at looking at stars and looking at DNA will remind us of a designer, but he won't tell us what the designer wants from us, uh, other than to live. Uh, it won't tell us how to treat one another or how to um, uh, express our gratitude to him. And so that branch of understanding is, is, is very specific. It is because he speaks. And we should expect that a God who is there would speak because he made us in his image. And he made us with minds and he made us to communicate with one another and to communicate with our world. And, and so why wouldn't we be able to to breathe a prayer to him and why wouldn't we be able to in some sense understand when he speaks to us and uh, and i surely wish that i got emails from god every day but i don't but i do have i do have a lot of his words uh, in my scriptures and they tell me a lot about him and they tell me how to relate to folks around 